This is May 26th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day. I hope you guys have been kind of staying healthy during quarantine, staying busy, all of uh, the normal stuff. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Curtis Hall. I thought it was a little different. And again, we got a little bit of things different uh, this week with Jeremy Swayman on, who I was very excited to talk to. A lot of people consider him to maybe be the future in net for Boston. I mean, I think I have out of Kyle Kaiser. Dan Vladar and Swayman, you know, at least Don Sweeney talks about Swayman like he is that next guy. I mean, it, it feels like Swayman is on another level. Um, then those two, again, still has not been seen how he does in the AHL. Um, other news around the NHL I feel like I should address. Um, obviously, the the 24-team playoff proposal, if you guys haven't seen it, was voted on uh, Friday night, uh, and they're, they're going to continue talks on that. I want to wait to talk about that until it's a little bit more set. Um, I don't want to spread misinformation. I don't want to – I just feel like, you know, we can do some different things now uh, because in the next couple of weeks, I feel like playoff talk and that stuff's going to heat up. So why not save that for then and keep the prospect uh, interviews for now? So, again, this week is Jeremy Swayman. Next week, next week could be potentially somebody pretty good. Um, I'm hoping to nail that down. Uh, to lock that one in. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Maybe I'll just skip it and go right to playoff talk uh, if talks continue to progress. Uh, but again, it seems like we're heading towards hockey. Don't know when it's going to be. Um, and again, in future episodes, we'll talk more in depth about that. Before we get into my conversation with Jeremy Swayman, uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. And you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack is they're bringing the Vegas experience to you. Are you missing the NFL? Like pretty much everybody. Uh, it's not an issue. Bet online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations. You can wager on if you're into entertainment betting. You can still bet on survivor, big brother, American idol stock prices, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest all open 24 hours a day and all online visit the website or use your mobile device and join today receive your new welcome bonus with promo code CLNS50. Again, promo code CLNS50, bet online, your online wagering solution. One thing I want to mention before we get into the episode, um, when I interviewed uh, Swayman, there was technical difficulties, like a lot of them. Someone had bad internet connection, not going to call him out for it, not going to call me out for it. It's a mystery. No one knows who had the bad internet connection. But uh, there were some technical difficulties that came up uh, so if, if the editing sounds choppy, if there's like a, a weird, you know, skip or something that doesn't sound right, it was probably because the connection was going in and out again, I'm in Boston, he's in Alaska. So, um, I understand obviously why that happened uh, before we get into the conversation. Also Cedric Maxwell will tell you about why you should be considering a wake in 180 weight loss. And with that, here is my conversation with Jeremy Swayman. As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds, and we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, 
no medication, no tricks, or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one coaching. If you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 186 locations, but during this lockdown, they're starting client virtual. The same program from the comforts of your own. Simply log in to awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox. And we're here with Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy, what is up? Not much. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Trying to hang in there during quarantine, as you probably are. So what's what's crazy about you is you're up in Alaska. That's where you're from. Um, and there was a story about you in, I think it was the Anchorage Daily News, about you hiking and, and doing all those things. Um, so I take it most of your time, a lot of your time is spent hiking up in these gorgeous mountains. Would I be correct? Yeah, you're correct. Uh, I like to get up there as much as I can. And right now the weather's kind of turning from, uh, you know, winter to summer and it's really gorgeous, honestly. And the snow's melting uh, faster than ever, it seems like. So it could be a really good summer for us here. So how much, how many like mountain ranges are there around you? And like how many, how often do you do new trails and how often do you do the same ones? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you could get pretty crazy uh, the amount of mountain ranges we have here, but Right uh, right in the city here, we have what's called the Chugach Range, and that's just, you know, a gorgeous mountain range that is literally right on top of us. Like, the hillside is kind of where I live on, and they just go right up. Like, uh, houses go halfway up the, you know, the mountains right by the city, but, you know, you can get pretty fancy. You can go an hour, two hours, five hours uh, into interior Alaska and southeast Alaska, and that's where the fishing is, too. So, looking forward to that season as well. Are there a lot of people on like up in the mountains or no, it's just pretty much like pretty desolate, like for, for hiking and stuff. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I have been seeing a little more, more activity going on there just because people, you know, have nothing else to do really. So, uh, it's, you know, good to see the community out, but still, uh, definitely practicing social distancing and, and, you know, good to see young people, people getting up in the mountains. Yeah. I'm starting the social distancing. I mean, I feel like it's getting to be like mid May now. I'm starting to get a little sick of it. I know it sounds terrible. People don't like to hear that, but it's just, I feel like it's gone. It's, it's been going on for so long and I'm just like, down. and it's right now we're recording on a Friday afternoon. It's 80 degrees outside here in Boston. I don't know what it is out in Alaska, um, but it's so nice here. It's like, I just want to go outside and, and do normal things. Um, you've been seeing bears too, right? Yeah, I just saw one yesterday, actually. Uh, third bear sight of the year. It was pretty wild. So what do you do when you see a bear? You know, it's uh, nine times out of ten, they're more scared of you than you are of them. But, you know, every every uh, situation is different. Luckily, I haven't gotten too close. I saw one on the road, so I was in the car. 
Uh, we were probably 10 feet away from it. It was just minding its own business. But yeah, I mean, you get a black bear on a, on a trail, you know, uh, they'll look at you and they'll just sprint off the other way. But, you know, typically just if they're, if you're not going to mess with them, they're not going to mess with you. That's a yeah. I always, I feel like every video I see on YouTube, it's people with bears and it's like very scary situations. So that's kind of the only thing you have of like what a bear encounter would be like, but that is kind of crazy. Also crazy that Maine black bears, Boston Bruins, that's just a whole, maybe you just have an affinity for bears, you know, it's just meant to be. So alongside hiking and all those things, what other things have you been doing? Uh, kind of keep busy during this stoppage and off time. Well, I just, uh, had a breakthrough. We have ice now up in Alaska. So they opened really, uh, just started skating again, which is nice. Everything's, you know, super isolated still, which is kind of weird. You can't go in the locker rooms or anything. So guys are getting dressed in the parking lot and stuff. (laughs) It's pretty crazy, (laughs) but yeah, everything uh, is basically the same. You know, we've got a mask on, uh, not legit mask, but obviously the helmet and you can't really get too close, but yeah, that's good. We got a little change of pace there. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm into working out, you know, I mean, I don't have a, a gym or anything, so I'm in uh, my basement and kind of just doing whatever I can, bodyweight workouts. Uh, I got a good program from the Bruins in Maine as well, so been following that uh, as close as I can. And other than that, just really enjoying my time. Um, I do mountain bike too. Uh, mountain bike trails just opened up and been I've been able to get out there and other than that, just uh, enjoying the sun while I can have it. It's like when you're literally getting dressed at home. To get to go <laughs> like, skate, you get cool put on the pads in the car. That is wild, though. And it's so. Is the rink? Are they doing any like aside from no locker rooms being open? Like, are bathrooms open? You know, like, and also, who are you skating with? Uh, basically, we just have a small group. You know, I grew up with playing, and now they're playing uh, different spots throughout the uh, the country. And some of our D one too, and other guys are playing juniors. So we got a good group there, and uh, I like to do workouts and hikes with them as well. So it's a good group. So you sound like a very adventurous person, you know, in the mountains. I feel like that kind of mountain biking has to come with the territory in Alaska. Was that sort of how you were brought up with like, that was sort of what you guys did in Alaska? Because I feel like life is so much maybe different out where you guys are. Yeah. And that that was year round. Uh, You know, in the summers we'd be hiking, mountain biking, uh, backpacking, fishing. And then in the winters we'd be outside in the ponds uh, playing hockey and, and skiing and whatnot. So yeah, I was always outside as a kid and uh, obviously still am. Did you play any other sports aside from hockey? I did. I, I played soccer, baseball, uh, and golf. Ooh, nice. I was a baseball guy myself and hockey, but that was kind of it. I didn't never got into golf. I wish I did. Yeah. Now I now as like a as like a you know twenty one year old almost adult because I I don't feel like an adult yet, but yeah. almost an adult. I feel like I wish. Yeah. I got into golf. Yeah, I don't feel like an adult yet. And now that now I really don't feel like an adult because it's quarantine. I'm just home playing Xbox all day. Like that's kind of what it is right now. But yeah, right. um are you an Xbox yeah. guy or a PS4 guy or or no? I'm not. No. Wow. I haven't been on the train yet. Yeah. Wow. Well good for you, I guess. Um, <laughs> I imagine eventually I'll hop on, but right Yeah. Now. So Let's get into your year um, with Maine. Obviously, 2020, not great for a lot of people, but for you, it seemed pretty good, at least hockey-wise. Um, I have it right here. Hockey's Player of the Year, the Richter Award for the NCAA's Best Goaltender, and you were in the first-team first NCAA All-American, uh, and you are one of the top three finalists of the Hobie Baker. That is not too bad. Um, that's not a bad year. For you... As a junior, 
what what went into that? You know, did you feel more confident your junior year? Was it, you know, uh, did you just feel better? How did that all sort of come together for you this year? That's a great question. Uh, basically, I mean, you can't buy experience. And I learned that, you know, my freshman year, I think. And I had a lot of goals going into college. Uh, I knew what it, I wanted to achieve. Obviously, the first one being a national championship uh, in every team award you know, we could get. But this year, it just couldn't happen that way, uh, obviously, with any team and any organization. So, you know, I think uh, just really making sure that I'm focused on the moment and just slowing things down and simplifying things uh, works for me the best. And, you know, obviously, these awards couldn't happen without the great teammates and and coaches I had with me this year and uh, all the mentors that were involved. So, truthfully, all these awards uh, couldn't happen without them. What's unfortunate is you guys had you guys were good enough to get a home uh, to get home ice in the first round, and I remember I go to UMass and I, oh, I cover UMass as well, yeah. Um, and I me- remember we were following you guys and obviously following all, all of Hockey East, and we were like, Maine just might get a freaking home playoff game. Like that would be awesome for them because uh, you guys were unbelievable at home this year, right? You guys like barely lost, if I remember correctly, at home. Yeah, we uh, we had a pretty cool home, rec- pretty good home record. And I think it was thirteen one and. Yeah, (laughs) which is unbelievable. Um, But so I remember being like, damn, like Maine isn't going to get to have that home playoff game because it's been a little while since you guys had a home playoff game, I think. For you, how heartbreaking was it to not be able to play or to not even have those those playoff games? Yeah, that's that's an open wound. And, you know, it's not going to be easy to to swallow that one because it's just – it was everything was still real and, you know, it's the – such a great place playing at the Alphonde and, you know, finally coming home to have our first home playoff game. Uh, I think it was like 12 years or something. It was kind of wild. So that was a pretty special thing. And I know that this group was so special and we were really, we were confident at home and we know that we were hard, we were hard to beat. And so I think a home playoff series would have been, you know, definitely in our favor. And, you know, we all knew what we could have achieved this year. So having that taken away from us uh, was pretty bitter. So we're all pretty upset with that. But again, we, we looked, uh, we looked back on the season we had at home and, and how the great fans, you know, helped us win every, uh, every weekend. And, you know, we were definitely happy with the year that we had at, uh, at the Alphon. Yeah. I mean, it, you guys had a great year. That's the thing, like, you know, UMass as well, like you guys had great years. Uh, it doesn't take away from, you know, the, the not being able to play in the playoffs. Uh, recently, Red, your, your head coach, Red Jandron, was talking, and he compared you to Jonathan Quick. It's not a bad comparison. Uh, for you, you know, you're, you're known for your really good athleticism in the net. How does that make you feel when your coach comes out and says that? Yeah, that's a tremendous honor. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who paid him to say that, but no, that was a pretty cool thing because, you know, he's – He's an incredible coach and I can't say enough good things about him. You know, he's had so much experience and has so many, uh, great, so much great knowledge about the game and being able to go to the rink and, and listen to what he has to say was a true pleasure every day. And, you know, without him, this program isn't what it is today. So again, I mean, coach red is so special and important to me and all the teammates I have. I know that for a fact. And, you know, that's, uh, that was pretty, pretty special to play with him for three years. With well, to stay on the topic of Maine, you know, um, obviously, as mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, you know, you're an Alaska guy. You're from Alaska. How do you end up at Maine? Yeah, that's a funny story. So, basically, to sum it up, I was at uh, the USHL 
all classic showcase and it was basically the first ushl games i've ever played because we were playing uh you know preseason games and stuff so this is the first regular season and i've heard a lot of buzz about the fall classic you know there's going to be a ton of scouts and this is the place to be if you know you want to get recruited so obviously being uh you know not committed yet i was pretty excited for this opportunity and basically after the tournament uh, i talked to few schools and Maine was one of them and I just remember going into the locker room and all these other schools were talking to me about their program all great hockey hockey stuff and of course the goalies uh goalie success they've had and then when Maine came in they talked about uh all the great hiking and running trails they have around campus and the great fishing spots and I just knew right away I was like wow that's uh that's pretty important to me I don't know who tipped them off that said I was a big nature guy but that was pretty cool and I knew right away that Maine was going to be a, a special place for me. That is that is such a cool, like, dynamic that, you know, I feel like a lot of times when players go places, whether it be whatever league it might be, you know, if they're a free agent, they sign somewhere. If they're, you know, a, a, a prospect, they commit to a, a college. It's not always the, the hockey. A lot of times it's stuff like this with, you know, with nature and hiking and stuff. Because Maine, I feel like if there's anywhere in the 49 states or the 48 in, like, the <laughs> – the OG United States. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like that's the most like closest to Alaska, right? Like, did, did it feel kind of like Alaska where you were in Maine? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. And I got asked that question a lot. And what's amazing is uh, all the connections from Maine to Alaska there is. And it seemed like every week I was meeting someone with a cousin or a brother in Alaska. And I was like, no way. So it was pretty cool to, to have that. And, uh, you know, again, just... The nature side of things, I mean, obviously the forests are great. And I got up to in, in the mountains in Maine, and uh, they're a little different than Alaska's, but I loved it. Did you have any teammates at Maine who would go with you on these One. hikes? Were there any other teammates of yours that really were big on nature as well? Yeah, I had a few nature walks uh, with some teammates. It was fun just kind of pulling them out of bed. You know, all the, uh, the Massachusetts guys weren't too uh, happy about it, but I would go knock on the door and say, we're going for a walk today, so... Yeah, I think, you know, my roommates loved it. One was from Mass, the other one was from Sweden, and, you know, we all uh, got on the same page with that. But, you know, whenever I could, I'd get outside with them. Relating it back to hockey, though, how much are those hikes and those nature walks and those mountain biking, you know, trips, how much does that kind of help you clear your head and kind of relax in a way to kind of get you away from hockey? Yeah, you nailed it. That's uh, That's my escape. And it's not that I need to escape from hockey, but it's, it really is good. And uh, I'm big on mental, mental toughness and, and truly clearing the mind and, you know, staying in the moment. So yeah, I think whenever I go hiking or biking, it just gives me a time to, to focus in on one thing that, that doesn't involve hockey. And it really does give me a, a chance to, you know, clear my mind and, and really, you know, narrow in on something else. And from what I've, I obviously I have, I've, I've I saw you play against UMass twice, which was, great uh you guys i i won't bring up the outcome but uh it was you got you played really well you did play really well i'll say that what's what's crazy is your first game this year you got you lost i think seven nothing you had 52 saves (laughs) like like that is crazy um so you know it's all always the, the, the perspective of things um, but you're very, you're described as kind of a, you're very relaxed on the ice. You know, there was, I saw an article about you. It said, you know, you'll, you'll take selfies with fans and, you know, you'll, you'll interact, you know, a lot of goalies, it's very just like, you know, tunnel vision. How is, how, you know, how did you learn to do that? And how have you come to sort of be a little bit more relaxed during games? Uh, a lot of that came from my goalie coach, Alfie Michaud. 
and you know he helped me tremendously on and off the ice and he's a great mentor and role model for me so you know we had a lot of conversations uh, about how to approach a game and, and what really works for me and that's what I really liked about you know his philosophy of teaching was it wasn't his way or the highway it was whatever worked for me and he'd just give me suggestions on what to do and and if I didn't like it I wouldn't do it but if I liked it I'd run with it and so we kind of came up with uh you know a thing that it's a game you know and and it's here to we're having here to have fun and in reality hockey is an entertainment business and so when you're out there you know you're kind of you're the spotlight and I just think it's really fun to interact with the fans sometimes during games you know even if it's uh you know a 1-0 game going into the last five minutes of the third you know it's fun to kind of wink over and say you know hi to a little kid or or a fan and you know just kind of relax and it's in between those whistles that uh, I find that happy place you know that it's that it's not bigger than it really is. It's just a game and, you know, it's fun to be a part and uh, it's fun to be out there. Because I know a big thing about college hockey for listeners who don't know, you know, the opposing team gets its fair share of chirps in the, in the, in the starting lineups, the, the warmups, you know, the, 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 the I, your name has been chanted countless times, probably in opposing arenas. I, I, I want to say it was you, but I, I honestly could be, all the games kind of get mismatched together. But I think it was you at, at Mullins um, who like squirted water towards the student section or something. It might have been you. I, I don't really remember, to be quite honest. But um, you, I remember you being very relaxed with all of them because they, they can be a little tough sometimes. Uh, but, you know, that that is so cool to me because a lot of goalies wouldn't do you know, what you just said, they, you know, they'd be very, you know, focused. So that is a very cool approach to see a goalie actually have. Um, and I, and I, I think that, you know, is definitely probably a pretty damn good thing. Uh, and it's good for the fans too. They, they, they must like it. So, you know, for you, um, you know, for you, you know, being a goalie, what, what motivates you? What, you know, what is the driving motivator behind, you know, being successful uh, in, for you? Uh, what motivates me in general is uh, just winning, you know, winning's everything to me and being able to do that and, 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 you know, get rewarded for your efforts with your teammates is, is pretty important to me. So, you know, that's a, that's a big motivation factor for me. So let's talk a little bit about the Bruins, the team that you got drafted to. We should probably talk about them a little bit because this is a Bruins podcast, so we, we got to talk about that. So you get drafted. Um, where were you when you get what got drafted? What was that like? Did you expect to get drafted by the Bruins? How did that all sort of take shape? So I was uh, I was in Alaska, and I remember that – the draft, the second round and above was, I think, uh, probably noon, noontime East Coast. And so I was up at like 5, 6 a.m. Uh, trying to get, you know, online and see everything. So it was pretty early for me. And I just remember being kind of at the breakfast table uh, with my family. And, you know, actually the uh, the computer was lagged, of course, because, you know, we're up in Alaska. <laughs> and so you can't see everything real time. But uh, I just remember – you know, kind of sitting there and eating, not not really thinking too much. It was the fourth round, so, you know, we weren't – we were hoping, but it wasn't, like, expected. And all of a sudden, I just – my phone starts blowing up, says, you know, congrats, you're a Bruin. I was like, no way. Like, I'm, there's no chance. And so I'm waiting for the, uh, you know, the, the computer system to start kicking up, and it's just not loading, right? And I just keep clicking. And so finally I got a few calls, and then – uh, I think I went on Twitter or something I saw. It was a reality, and, and then everything kind of set in. And big celebration uh, with my family and everything, and then the rest was history. 
the Bruins are probably like, damn, we can't get a hold of this freaking kid. Jesus, like, what, what's going on here? We drafted him. He's not responding to anything. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not picking up on any of this. Like, what is, what's up with this kid? But that's so funny uh, that the internet connection was, uh, was a little bit faulty at the time. Um, I feel that though. My internet connection was terrible until uh, it was recently fixed, actually, because the, the, one of the days during quarantine, the Wi-Fi completely went out, like, gone. So that is just the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. And it got fixed. So now the internet connection, for me at least, has been a lot better. Um, so, you know, you did three years at Maine. How did you end up coming to the decision to leave Maine and sign with the Bruins recently? Yeah, that was a, that was a decision, you know, that was uh... – important that I shared that with uh, my mentors and and a lot of people were involved in that decision but ultimately it was my decision and I think basically the consensus was is that we all agreed that I got the experience I needed uh, at UMaine in the college level and that I was confident in my abilities to to make the jump to the pro level and I've always wanted to be a pro and that was a big thing for me growing up and you know now uh that it's here. Uh, I just can't be more excited to stop pucks in the black and gold. How'd it feel to sign the contract? That was a really cool feeling. You know, it's just these little stepping stones that, that happen along your career. You know, you get drafted, you get committed, or you get committed, you get drafted, and then you sign your first pro contract. So that was a big goal of mine. And to, you know, mark that one off the list uh, is a pretty big accomplishment, but I can assure you there's a lot more to go. So how often in your time at Maine were you in contact with Bob Asenza and sort of the Bruins coaching staff and the Bruins as a whole? Yeah, they were, they were great. You know, it's just a world-class organization. And I had contact with uh, different coaches throughout the year uh, at all times. And whenever I needed a little more help, I know uh, Mike Dunn and I have a great relationship as well. And, you know, he saw me play countless times uh, throughout my career and, you know, he would just say, whatever you need. And I started, uh, you know, asking him questions uh, on different situations. And, you know, he would give me what he would tell his uh, his pro guys. And, you know, I would implement that into my game. And so having him and Alfie uh, in my corner was pretty special. And I think that helped me uh, tremendously. How do you deal with p- the pressure? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you just signed. Uh, Obviously, not all the focus is on you. This pandemic going on out in the world, so it's not all on you. But you know, the pressure of living up to expectations. I mean, right now the Bruins, you know, the organization has pretty much three guys in the system: you, Ladar, and Kaiser. You know, that are you know for in net. What is the pressure? You know, how do you handle the pressure on you to potentially be you know sort of quote unquote like you maybe the next guy in the net for the Bruins down the road? Uh, I like to replace the word pressure with excitement. You know, I'm just excited to be a part of it now. And, you know, to hop into this organization, one is a tremendous honor and opportunity. And so really I couldn't be more excited to to see that opportunity and run with it. I love that. I love the replacement <laughs> of the word pressure with excitement. That was yeah. such quick. That was such quick thinking. I like it. That was yeah. uh, that was a good answer. What have you, because you've been to three development camps, 17, 18, 19, what have you learned along those development camps? You know, have you got more comfortable there? How's that all sort of been for you? A great learning experience. And just being around that pro atmosphere makes, uh, makes it even better. You know, it's, it makes you hungrier. You know, I want to be there so bad. And, and just to kind of live the life for a week or two throughout the year, uh, it's a really great experience. And, you know, every year I've been, uh, the staff and the players and prospects have welcomed me with open arms. And really, it's, it has been a great development experience every time. You know, I've learned something new every time. And 
uh, have taken that and implemented it into my game. And so I think they're great, uh, great weeks throughout the year to really improve your game. And, you know, I'm really excited to get back uh, and do it again. So they always do fun activities at these development camps, not just hockey. What have been some of your favorites that you guys have done over the years? Yeah, I mean, last year we went to uh, Fenway and hit some balls, batting practice. That was a great time. I love that. And uh, found out I need to work on my baseball swing a little bit for sure. <laughs> you're going to have to. If you're going to be a Bruin someday, you're going to have to with the Red Sox here. Yeah. And uh, another year we went uh, to a Tim McGraw concert at TD Garden. That was pretty cool. And, That's uh, sick. In my second year, we did this cool. It was actually, I loved it because I'm an outdoorsy guy, but some guys weren't too happy. We went to a, like a Navy SEAL training thing and it was outdoors. It was pretty far out of town. And, uh, I just remember like it wasn't the best day. It was kind of rainy and, you know, we were, we we're kind of grinding, like <laughs> we we're putting, uh, wraps over our heads and stuff and just like team bonding stuff. And, you know, it was great. Guys got along really well and, you know, you form these little teams and, just working together and getting uh, the guys better. That was pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Then you guys do, you guys did paintballing once too, right? Yes. Yeah. Paintball was a blast. Yeah. That was fun too. That's pretty funny. That's so cool. They have you guys do those extra things. And there was a, there was a Red Sox game in there one, I think 2018. So they always have fun stuff for you guys, which I think is cool. Um, And cause since you're, well, you're obviously not, you're, you're not from here, but you know, you're, you go to school in Maine for a lot of, you know, did you ever find yourself giving advice on um, where to go, where to eat, you know, where to stay to guys who were coming from maybe other countries or no? Cause you still technically weren't like a Bostonian yet. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was more familiar with uh, you know, the main restaurants and, and sightseeing stuff, but my dad, on the other hand, he was all about it. He, uh, he would fly into Boston from Alaska and he'd stay there for a few days by himself, just touring around and, you know, he, uh, he ended up giving me more, the, more advice than anyone. <laughs> and so it was pretty cool to have him, uh, doing that for me. And, you know, it's just, uh, everywhere we go, we go on trips together and he's got the itinerary already planned. You know, he does his research beforehand. So it's good to have him as, uh, you know, my tour guide. You mentioned your dad having the itinerary for the whole trip. My parents actually had a trip planned to, uh, to South Dakota this year yep. for like you're going to Badlands, all that stuff. And had it all fully planned out. You know, every single part of the trip, we're going to do this, this day, this, that day. Now, obviously, it's can't do it. It's gone right. now. Um, but I was thinking, hey, that's the same thing with my parents. But, you know, going back to the Bruins aspect of things, for you, how would it one day feel to be the starter for the Bruins, to be their goalie? How would that feel for you? That's everything I've ever wanted. And... You know, to be in the NHL and the league itself is a great honor, but to be a part of such a prestigious and, and you know, history-rich organization like the Bruins, that's a cherry on top. So, you know, I, I want to lift the Stanley Cup uh, one day, and to do that in a Bruins jersey, uh, that would mean the world to me. So I know they also have the greatest fans in the world, and to be a part of that community, uh, you know, it's just a dream come true. Have you had any contact with Tuka Rask or Yaroslav Alok yet or no? I actually, I met Tuca uh, in Florida uh, when they were down in Florida. I was playing, or I was on winter break and I was visiting my uncle and I went to the, the Florida Panthers and Bruins game and I got to go down there. I met him after and just a great guy, you know, just uh, shook my hand, said welcome. And, you know, it was really great, uh, great experience. That's got to be so crazy. Yeah. Um, that's got to be so awesome for you. Have you met anybody else on the team yet or or no? 
Yeah, I met uh, Chara one year at development camp. I just remember shaking his hand, and I just felt like the smallest person in the world. <laughs> I was just whole hand engulfed my hand, and uh, that was pretty cool. He's just a, another great guy, you know. Uh, so many people have so many great things to say about him, and obviously uh, his success in the league is is pretty tremendous. So that was a great experience. I remember one of the first time the first time I was ever in a media scrum with him. You're just looking up at him. It's the yeah. weird, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not I'm not even that short. I'm like five ten. I'm yeah. looking up. I'm like, oh my god, I feel so small next to this guy. Right. Um, but that is so cool. That is so cool for you. Um, and to sign is is it tough though? The uncertainty this year, you know. You know, how have you felt about that, that, you know, this fall, no one really knows what's going to happen. It's your first real pro year. I mean, I'm just taking it one day at a time, you know, one second at a time and just keeping things simple for me. And I know, uh, you know, if I'm taking care of uh, my body and what I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to be successful in where I'm at. Well, Jeremy, thank you for doing this. Uh, you know how I know you're a resilient guy because you stuck through this entire podcast with the multiple technical difficulties the multiple like bad instances of wi-fi you stuck through it i have confidence in you um but again seriously thank you for doing this um and yeah um hopefully you know your rest of your quarantine's great hopefully you see some more bears that'd be pretty cool um but for stealing this media i'm evan marinovsky you bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week (laughs) 